Hello, and welcome to Finding Peace Within with Lisa L. Dalton. I am your host, Lisa L. Dalton. If this is your first time visiting Finding Peace Within, welcome to the podcast. If you are a repeat guest, welcome back. Finding Peace Within was created to help you find your authentic self through spiritual awareness. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by studying the Word of God, being honest with who we are, and making the necessary changes we need to do in order to find peace within our souls. If you would like to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook under Lisa Dalton. On Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton, Instagram, Lisa.Dalton, and LinkedIn, Lisa L. Dalton. So get your pen and your pad as we continue to take this journey to finding peace within together. Coming up on today's Finding Peace Within podcast. Have this person in your mind who created you that can walk away. It leaves you with this feeling of worthlessness to overcome. Cause you're like, if this person made me and they could just walk away, then that must mean that I'm not worth anything. Now get your pen and your pad as we continue to take this journey to finding peace within together. Episode 37 is in full effect. I have a wonderful surprise for everybody today. Um, I'm not sure if you are following following me on Facebook, but I am doing Lisa 6 and 3 every morning. So what is Lisa 6 and 3? It is Lisa giving morning devotion every morning at 6 a.m. for three minutes. Facebook Live. So if you haven't tuned in yet, get on board with Lisa 6 and 3. But this month, the month of June, I've been talking about my daddy and how we need to celebrate fathers more. So um, on this episode, and for the month of June, we will be talking about our daddies and being daddy's little girl. There we are, daddy's little girl. So today I have my good, good, good friend, Miss Jamila Yule. Before we get to Miss Jamila, I want to give my husband again another shout out. Week, oh my God, 17 now of being number one on the BBS Music Billboard for being the number one song. God is love. We are just doing it, you guys. We give God all the glory and all the praise. If you haven't gotten the song yet, go to all your musical outlets and download God is Love by Stephen Dalton. You can also see the live video on YouTube where we did a video just brings the song to life. Again, that is God is Love, Steve Dalton, and the Leviticus Singers of Charlotte. And as always, we always open Finding Peace Within podcast with a short word of prayer. Lord, we just love you, O God, and we just praise your name, Father. We just thank you for being our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask that you be with us as we talk about the love that we have for our fathers, O God. We want to honor them and let them know how important they are to us 
just like you are. We thank you, oh God, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hello, 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 everybody. I want to introduce you all to my sister friend, Miss Jamila Yule. Hey, Jamila. Hey, Miss Lisa. What's happening? You. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Finding Peace Within. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you were able to come. Yes, me too. I miss you. I miss you more. I miss you. COVID got us all locked down. Girl, locked in, locked up. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Girl, sister, how you been? I'm doing really well. You, really well. Well, you you look really well. Well, thank you. I get thank to you see you that. outside of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's a big deal right now. So. Exactly. <laughs> Facebook has become our new way of staying in touch. Y'all be zooming. Y'all zooming? Zoom, zoom. Yeah, a little bit. We're doing a little bit of zooming. Um, just a little bit of FaceTiming. Got my mama a portal for Mother's Day. Shut up. So I can look at her eyeballs. I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, Jamila, in the month of June, we are um, talking about our dads. Um, we know dads get a bad rap. True that. They they get a bad rap. They and do. it's unfortunate because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their seed. True. I mean, if you think about it. Very true. Some people say they're um, sperm donors. Well, some are. <laughs> That's so true. That's a fact. But, but however, without that sperm, we still wouldn't be here. Absolutely. So this month, I wanted to celebrate fathers. Amen. I, my dad is still alive. He's 82. Mr. Bernice Wilson. I love you, daddy. <laughs> and um, Jamila. Yes. Where your daddy at? <laughs> Girl, that's a good question. <laughs> Listen, I'm just keeping it 100. Um, you know, that's what we do on Finding Peace right, Within. Right, right. It's authentic because we, you know, this is where I am with it. Anything that's fake will be exposed. Absolutely. So be your authentic self. Be who you are. Tell the truth about your story. There's no need of lying about it because your character will truly show where you come from. If you haven't been delivered, that is. You write about it. That part. You write about it. You know, so, uh, yeah, you can mm-hmm. you can just call your sperm donor what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up um, with a single mom. First of all, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, <laughs> rewind, we, we want Jamila. Ma'am. How long have we been knowing each other? Oh, gosh. Our boys are now 19. That This is true. And they were doing what? Uh, playing Hot Wheels under the church pews. <laughs> <laughs> at choir rehearsal at choir rehearsal <laughs> exactly playing and, and drawing and draw- yes under the pews I still have some of those I do too mm-hmm. I do too and um, our boys have been friends since oh my god first grade yeah yep first grade that means we've been friends since, for 19 years well 13 Something like that, yeah. Something like that. That sounds right, about 13 years. 13, 14 mm-hmm. years. And um, you have yep. been a very, very dear friend, confidant, sister girl, singing partner. Likewise. Um, to me, and, and I just want to let you know how much I appreciate our friendship. Girl, me too. <laughs> and welcome to the AARP club. <laughs> you know what? 
Listen, I embrace it. Amen. I embrace it. I feel it like a blessed 50. So. You, you see my, my on my vision board, it says, own your age. Beautiful soul. I'm still, I, I earned it. Yeah. Many didn't make it. So Amen. I'm super grateful yeah. to be 50. Well, I really am. It's, it's good super to be grateful. alive. It Amen. is good. As my grandma said, any day above ground is a good day. Better to be seen than to be viewed. Ooh! Amen. Did y'all get that? Better to be seen than to be viewed. I love Come it. Come on with it. Okay, so now we know you have a sperm donor. We, I do. Um, tell me about your sperm donor. Okay, so I was raised by a single mom. My mom had me when she was really young. She was about 18 when she got pregnant. She had me just two days after her 19th birthday. And her and my dad got divorced when I was just a couple of months old. So I did not grow up with a biological father. However, God blessed me with two amazing grandfathers. Always a ram in the bush. Correct. Yes. And so they were, I called both of them daddy. Mm. I didn't call either one of them grandpa. Now whose, whose grandparents were that? Your dad's grandparents and your mama's um, um, your dad's dad, I had mom's two dad, great sets of grandparents. So my, my, my biological father's parents were still married. And so I called that grandfather, daddy mm-hmm. and my mother's parents were still married. And I called that grandfather, daddy. And between the two of them, they kind of like tag teamed in the father role. Now I would say in my younger years, my younger, like developmental years, I was more close to my mom's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so instrumental in developing my expectation of what men were supposed to Ooh, be in yeah, my life. We're we going to get to that part. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then my other grandfather, I lived with him in my like late teen years. Mm-hmm. So he became like the more disciplinarian, mm. you know, and I hadn't really had that. So, you know. So you was footloose and fancy free. Girl, yes. I I did a little fancy freeness. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm super grateful to both of them. And just like in the, probably like in the last five years or so, like last few years, Mm -hmm. my biological father and I have connected. We talk often enough, but it's, it happened so late in my lifetime that it's not, really as it should be. Right. You know what I mean? But I'm super grateful that the Lord provided me with these two awesome grandfathers who, yeah. you know, were able to fill in the gap. And see, cause what happens is when you grow up with no father, it leaves, if you, here it is, if you're, the way it is, is that if you have this person in your mind who created you that can walk away it leaves you with this feeling of worthlessness yes, it does. to overcome. Cause yes. you're like, if this person made me and they could just walk away, then that must mean that I'm not worth Worked anything. It. Right. You feel worthless. Okay. You feel unworthy. And so it wasn't until I came to Christ mm-hmm. and I figured out that he was the one who created me Yes, that I was able after reading the word of God to consider myself worthy. Worthy, Yes. And so that's why to me, it's super important to know the word of God Yes, because it contradicts every lie that Satan tells you about yourself. That's right. That's right. And and not only that, the stories that you create about 
yourself. Correct. Because of the void and the absence Correct. of your biological father. And even though you're getting love from all of these other people who right. really, really genuinely love you. Correct. And are concerned about you and your welfare. You still have this thing where well, my daddy loves me. It's not me. the same. He he doesn't love me. Right. You know, and so for you, when did you realize that your daddy was no longer going to be a part of your life because you left, he left you when you were two months, right? Yeah, my parents got divorced when I was just a couple of months old. Yeah. And I never had him. He was never a presence at all in so, my life. But you knew your grandparents, your grandfathers Correct. were he not. He always knew where yeah, I was. Right, he always right. had a way to get in contact with me. Mm-hmm. No one was keeping him away, away from mm-hmm. me. And so I would ask, he would say, I remember him doing things like, I'm going to pick you up on Friday. Oh, that's the story. Go, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not showing up. Mm-hmm. And it just got to the point where you build a wall you know, you block things out. Because you're a liar. You're a liar. And so we didn't really have any kind of connection at all. Mm-hmm. And whatever um, encounters that we had were volatile and mm. hostile yeah. and angry. And so he just became this person who I connected all this negative emotion to. Right. And so, you know, I just had to like move on from that mm-hmm. and embrace the two grandfathers that I had that paid attention to me, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't a time that I actually realized he wasn't going to be there. It was just always that way. He wasn't just never there. Right. And when I asked my mom about it, she would just say, I don't know what to tell you when you're old enough. You can just ask him yourself. Yeah. Cause she didn't want to say anything bad about him to me. Right. So in her mind, it was better to just to be kind meant to not say anything. Mm-hmm. To you be know complacent. What I mean? Right. Yeah. To be. So now you, you're, you're a young girl growing up with your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right. What is it about your grandfather as a little girl mm-hmm. stands out to you most. So my mother's and father. And give me the age, the age point sure, with that. Sure. So when I was in elementary school, uh, I grew up in Queens, New York. And if anybody out there from Queens, Queens is listening. Queens in the house. <laughs> Queens in the house. Um, I grew up in, uh, for a partial part of my childhood for like elementary school was Jamaica, Queens, Rochdale Village, PS80. And my grandfather, when I was in like third to fifth grade, he used to pick me up from school on Fridays mm-hmm. and take me on dates. Wow. So that was his way of spending time, just me and him. And so he would take me to places like Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. Is that like Show like, No, oh, that it like would Mr. be more C's. like a cap. Right. Okay. Right. More like, a, like Mr. C. Right. Or Captain, Captain, Captain Steve's. Captain Steve? Right. Okay. More like a fast food seafood place in Captain New York, Steve. right? So he would take me there or to McDonald's. He would pull out my chair. He would, you know, say great things. Sometimes he would show up with a flower or a piece of candy. And he would say things like, well, I want you to know when you start dating a young man, how you should be treated. Mm. When you go out with a young gentleman, so and how so, old? You said elementary. So I was still old, in elementary school. Is that what? 
eight, eight between, years old, right, nine, like eight ten. to ten years old. Yeah, he would pick me up from school every Friday and take me out to dinner, and it just made me feel valuable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it made me feel like somebody was doing something that was just for, for me. me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so I all have always loved him for that. He and was, you're the oldest of. It's just you and your brother? I have two half-brothers. Okay. Okay, so it's, I'm the oldest, um, and I have a half-brother on my mom's side and a half-brother on my biological father's side okay. as well. You know um, that, that brother on mm-hmm. your dad's side is your real brother. Yeah, no, no, I'm, that's why I said I have two half-brothers, Yeah. right? But so they're, they're both my brothers. I have two brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get it confused. I have two, <laughs> two brothers. brothers yeah. Now, I'm closer with my brother on my mom's side right, just because, yes. you know, we grew, up, grew up together. together. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. So when you say that um, he showed you what it should look like, even at 10, your granddad was showing you what it's supposed to look like to be picked up, to be taken out on dates. This is the the vision because um, statistics say fathers set the bar for relationships with others. And that is so true. I mean, you know, I, I didn't grow up with my father in the household because my grandmother raised me, but gotcha. I still saw my dad. Sure. I still had a relationship sure. with my father. He was still there, you know, guiding mm-hmm. and whipping me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the discipline was there. Um, but did you get affection from your grandpa? No. Okay. <laughs> Not from either grandfather. Um yeah. So no, little girls need that. though. They do, but they were really old school Mm -hmm. and they weren't really even overly affectionate with their wives. Like we're talking grandfathers that were born. Now, now when did y'all have sex? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because, (laughs) right. Because I don't see nothing happening. I don't see that. Right. No butts happening. Nothing. At all. (laughs) But I will say that when my grand, my grandmother passed when I was 12. And Mm -hmm. obviously when you have a young mom, your grandmother plays a huge part yes, in your life, right? Yes. So, She's like big mom. Correct. So when my grandmother passed, like I watched my grandfather tell the doctors, I don't care what you have to do, you keep her alive. Mm. When she got terminally ill with cancer, he was like, I don't care if it takes every dime I have. You keep her alive. Wow. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks that even though there wasn't all this affection, he was completely in love with this woman. You know because what I mean? Love, His life without love, her was just yeah. too much for him to, to even think about bearing. Like, yeah, because even you know, I look at my parents; they've been married sixty. It'd be sixty years this year. Okay, um, eleven kids. So mm-hmm. obviously they some, was doing something. Something, something, something they was did happening. it eleven they times. They were getting it in, you know. But when they, <laughs> my dad is the only child, and my mom, there was five of them, but they got married. With the agreement, they will have a lot of children. Okay. Because dad knew what it was like uh-huh. to be by himself. There's not to power have in agreement. What? <laughs> Especially when you're married. It's oh power in agreement. Because <laughs> if one falls, the other one's going to pick That's up. Right. And, you know, we're going to work together. That's right. So they agreed even. I mean, they got married straight out of high school. As oh, soon wow. as mama graduated yeah, yeah. from high school, you know, they got married and had have sure all 11 of us sure but my dad you know i've seen him pet ma you know pat her on the, right on, right on the rear right. every now and again right um and kiss or whatever but my the older people's way of showing love was to provide correct to and take they did care and of. they did that and they did that they did that yes and i could tell you that 
I, I honestly believe because I grew up with a single mom and my mom was not the kind of woman to bring a lot of boyfriends around her daughter. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. just never got down like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so these two sets of grandparents that I had shaped my vision of what marriage was supposed to look like. And let's talk about And I about could that. tell you that yeah. that's why I'm still married, married today. today. Something must have happened with me along the way to grandma's house. <laughs> My grandparents were super old school. Like oh my, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers could not drive. My mama, look, my Man. mama got her license. <laughs> my mama got her license. I was in the eleventh grade. My daddy wouldn't even teach her how to drive. That's what I'm saying. Like my grandfather took her everywhere she wanted to go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like. I watched them have two and three jobs. Mm -hmm. Both my grandfathers fought in World War II. Wow. When they came home from the military, they got their wife. They bought their houses. Yes, yes. They, you know, worked. My Mm -hmm. grandfather, my maternal grandfather. Yes, my maternal grandfather bought a beauty salon. So we talked about entrepreneurs. Had had an insurance business. Wow. Owned a home. Wow. In in St. Albans, Queens. 60s and. Correct. 70s, Correct, 50s, because 40s, he was yeah. what they called an octoroon. He could pass for white, and so he could get small business loans. So he would stroll into the bank. If I showed you a picture of him, you wouldn't believe it. He would stroll into a bank and be able to get a loan because they thought he was a white man. So this whole thing, systemic racism, is not new. I know that, that's not. the season that we're in right now with right. everything that's nothing going new on. nothing new under the sun. Ain't nothing new. Even nothing in the Bible the days. Correct. We, you had the, the dark skin and you had the That's light right. light skin and we That's were right. we were racist against each other. Correct. That part. So, I mean, he was just a man who believed in providing. Mm-hmm. You know, he worked every day and he took care of his wife and his two children. Mm-hmm. And when he started having grandchildren, when I came along, he was very upset with my mom for getting pregnant at 18 outside of marriage. Told her, you will marry this man. And so they got married. Mm-hmm. Safe face. <laughs> and you could see in my mom's wedding pictures where the my father is smiling from ear to ear and in complete joy. And my mom looks like she wants to pass out. She's like, what have I done? Correct. So, I'm going to get you. So by the time I came along, my grand, the, what my mom says is that he was done with her. But when I came along, he was completely in love with this new baby. Yeah. And so I always felt love from him Mm -hmm. because he was always taking care of Of, us. Of you. So, you know, um, you said the whole thing about, um, the baby because you, you were married when you had Jason. Correct. Yeah. See, I wasn't that girl. (laughs) Um, I was pregnant at 16 in the 11th grade. I got pregnant the summer after 10th grade, I was going mm-hmm. into gotcha. the 11th grade and I okay. got pregnant. And my dad, of course, he didn't want me to marry the boy, you know, who was two years younger than me. We were kids. Sure. I mean, literally kids. Y'all were babies. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about. Hey, look, in church babies. In church babies <laughs> on, that, on top, on top of, of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's truly, surely I was. Sheltered. Oh. A bit. Father, help me, God. Not enough, but no. a bit. <laughs> oh, why? You know, sneaking out windows and lying about where I'm going. That type of, and then getting a whipping when I got home. But any, anywho, my dad, my dad was doing the same thing. Because fathers never want their daughters, you know, to have babies, you know, without husbands. Absolutely. And um, so my dad was like, no, you ain't have no baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I waited till I was three months. Oh, wow. To tell my dad that I was even pregnant. 
but he didn't want me to get married to nobody. <laughs> so I can understand where your mom was sure. coming from with that. So now that you have, because uh, you live with, with your dad's, with your mom's parents. parents. And, and some, like my mom worked, excuse me, <clears throat> my mom worked at the post office when I was really young and she had these crazy swing shifts and night shifts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I would stay with my grandparents during the week and then I would stay with my mom on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. Both worlds. I got yeah. to see this old school married couple and how they related to one another. And really my grandfather was kind of my example of what a husband should be. And I know today that my husband, you know, Chris is kind of like a mashup between both of my grandparents. And that's what, that's what statistics say as well, that we tend to marry our fathers. Mm-hmm. It, it may not be like a black and white type of thing. Well, you married a black man, your daddy was black. No, you can marry a white man, but he still have the character. The qualities. Yeah. The qualities. Talk, like, to me, talk to me about when you and Chris were dating. And we all compare. True that. <laughs> so what did you see in Chris that drew you to him that reminded you of your two awesome grandfathers? Sure. So the first thing I'll say is that Chris still had parents who were married. Yeah. And that was super important to me because I felt like one of us needed to know what we were doing. (laughs) Everybody can't be coming from broken homes now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't come from crazy. Uh So he still had, you know, his still, his parents were still married and kudos to my mother-in-law. Shout out to Laura Kate Yule. Because she raised him to be somebody's husband. Yes. Okay. We have so, to remember as moms, we're not raising boys. Correct. We're we raising, raising future young husbands men, future, and fathers yes. and entrepreneurs yes. and leaders and priests, prophets, protectors. Men. Right. All, all that. that. So um, she raised him and he came ready made. I didn't have to add no water. <laughs> I didn't have to um, no jump through no hoops. No- <laughs> right. He wanted to work. You know, he wanted to provide. Yes. I didn't have to beg him to go to church. Yes. I didn't have to beg him, plead with him. He wasn't knocking nobody upside the head. Yes. And my husband was already a great dad. Yeah. And that right. to me was paramount because I'm like, if you walk away from this person's child, that took, that would take me back to how my father walked away from me. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, that made you unacceptable. If you right. just had kids out in the wind somewhere that and you you're not take taking care of, care of them. Right. That was a big no, no for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I noticed that there are many similarities. Like Chris is not super affectionate. He just wasn't raised in that kind of family. I don't think, but most his of them love were. language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be professing his love for me on Facebook every day. He's not going to be, you don't want him come doing on, that anyway. Um, he's not going to be like super duper affectionate, but I can see he goes to work every day. He's loyal. Yeah. I never have to worry about him. Like mm-hmm. he's dependable. Mm-hmm. He He's all the things that a husband should be. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and he's got like that stick to that commitment mm-hmm. that's going to make him stay 
the long the haul. Long we just haul. we just celebrated. We we coming up on twenty one years. Wow. Woo woo. At the end of this month, and awesome. so I know, right? My goodness. Gotcha. And so <laughs> I just feel like you know I years. see so many of their qualities yeah. in him, and so I'm super grateful to them. And I mean, I see a lot of what my grandmothers did. I see me doing that. A lot of women just don't do now. Like I still make my husband's plate, and people look at me like I'm crazy. But I do too. He. I he likes do. it. Yeah, it's almost it's, like uh, don't start doing it and then stop. <laughs> I would have rather it's like I, it's best that you not know and do wrong than to know and not do it for for sure. So, so I, I get mean, it. it's just it, for us it works. I understand every couple mm-hmm. has what works for them, and because he grew up with these two old school parents, like the old school. You know, his parents are from Mississippi and. I mean, where, excuse me, where, from Alabama and Tennessee. Where's Chris from? He was born in Germany. Okay. He's an army brat. Well, he's an army brat. But he was right, born and raised in Fayetteville, North okay. Carolina. So, I mean, but his parents are from, you know, Tennessee and Alabama. And so, he married a city girl, but at heart... He, he married Lisa from Green Acres. <laughs> did you know how to do anything, Jamila? What did I you know how to do what did everything. You, what did you learn? <laughs> I knew what how to do learn? everything because I grew up with these grandmothers. <laughs> So I grew, my grandmother's from South Carolina. My maternal grandmother's mm-hmm. from South Carolina. And she was like... I don't want to put a pin in that. You I'm know how to fry chicken. You need to know how to clean some stuff and wash some clothes. And, you know. Jamila. Jamila. Just so, everybody, all of you that are listening, most people think Jamila and I are sisters. Lord, Yes. And I told her my daddy was not a Rolling Stone. <laughs> so, no, you is not my sister. <laughs> but, because we sing, we both sing, and we sang on the praise team. And so, when the, you know, Jamila transitioned on to, um, she and her family transitioned on to another house of worship, people were coming up and to me and like, uh, where your sister? Where your sister? I'm like, my sister don't go here. Your sister, she, she sang on the praise team. I'm like, <laughs> Jamila. When I was in, when I was at the church, people would say, have you seen your sister? I'm looking for her. And I'd be like, my sister, I don't have a sister. I have two brothers. But we knew they were talking about us. And I was like, yes, that's my sister. Not blood. But the same height and y'all shape the same. Y'all shape the same. You both wear glasses. You have short haircuts. Yeah. I'm like, like, no, but you know what? But since you were talking about that whole South Carolina thing. Right. I don't know. I might have to do a, uh, (laughs) what is it? It's not linden tree. What is it called? (laughs) Ancestry. Ancestry tree. Because my parents are from South Carolina. Absolutely. My grandmother is from South Carolina and she was determined that she was my grandmother was determined that I was gonna be a lady against my own will. So she made sure that, you know, my dresses came down past the knee. And that I had gloves (laughs) to match my hat. Oh my god. And that you so know, were you my dress was so ironed did... properly, and that I crossed my legs at the ankles. Shut up! Absolutely, and that I used the right fork. Did your grandpa and that I wear did not ties? split any? Did I didn't you... have any dangling participles, or <laughs> I had to speak the king's English. Shut up! And my grandmother was very much like, "I'm raising a lady." Okay, so <gasps> oh my god, you know. Oh my you God. can't say things like, what we about to do. No, you can't. 
what are we going to do? No Ebonics. Right. No Ebonics. Right. Like so. they were very much <laughs> making sure that I was going to be a proper young lady because that's how they, listen, my grandmother, real talk, Jamila, you cannot go outside and play until the sun's beginning to go down because I don't want you to get dark. She did not want me in the sun because she did not want me to be dark skin. I know you all, you know, we're not doing uh, a colorism episode <laughs> and, and we're not broadcasting this uh, live so you can see us on YouTube, but I literally had nothing to say. I, I, I didn't, I was lost for words. Because in that generation, the brown paper bag thing was real. It was real. Okay. And That's so what I'm saying. We were I was already on the cusp of being dark. Yes, because remember, she married a man who looked almost white, right? So that was a thing, okay? Like, no, you cannot go outside, wait until dusk, and then you might be able to go outside type of situation. So it was a thing. Like I, So I had, I didn't pick that up, pick up that particular old school value. I'm so glad. However, so I'm just giving you an glad. idea. Of like the kind of old school. <laughs> what did your papa say about that? My mother used to just be like, "Girl, go outside. <laughs> Put them braids in your hair. Go outside. You know what I mean?" But you black, <laughs> right? Right. But you know, she rebelled against all of that. Yeah, I'm sure. You know she what I mean? Did, yeah. And so I was her second chance. Oh, right. <laughs> right. But thank God for my grandfathers yeah. who would always stand in a gap and just be like, let her go play. Ram in the bush. If she gets dark, whatever, you know. Ram so in the bush. I'm just grateful to both of them because, um, you know, these are men that led hard lives and yeah. went through hard things yes. and fought in wars and then came home only to be told they still had to get on the back of the bus mm. and couldn't drink from this water fountain mm. and, mm. you know. Mm. My grandfather used to say a, a, a black man stops a bullet just as good as a white, white man, man stops yep. a bullet. Yep. And so yep. Yep. I should be entitled to the same, you know, respect as a veteran, as, yeah. a, as a white veteran. As a white and, veteran, um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. And so I'm just super grateful that God saw fit, you know, to place these men in my life because they have shaped, um, you know, the very conscience of who of who I am and who mm -hmm. I've become and what my expectations were. Now I always didn't date inside of my expectations. <laughs> we all kinda I kissed a few frogs. Yes we did. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day I got it right. Yes you did. And that's you know the I mean? most important thing. And so I'm super grateful because I know if it wasn't for that influence from the two of them, I could have been a statistic. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're your grandfather if it's Uncle Charles, if it's, you know, whoever it is in your life that, you know, takes the time to be that male presence that we as young women and even especially young men need, don't turn away from that because, yeah. you know, just be a sponge. How did you feel when your papa had to discipline you? Um, well, my mother's father never got around to it. Mm-hmm. He pretty much let Jamila do whatever oh, she Lord. wanted and have whatever she wanted and go wherever she wanted. Now, were you the oldest grandchild? Yes. Oh, Lord. Yes. No. And the only girl. Oh. So. Worst. 
on my on my mom's side. on your mom's side yeah. yeah so he pretty much didn't discipline me at all and so my, how... my grandmother was pretty much the disciplinarian and, and did you run to him when you wanted to get your way um because there's always one that says leave that girl alone I would, I mean, it was so bad, I really didn't have to run to him. Okay. He was always pretty much... Intervening. Intervening, like, just give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good girl. But right. do you not know what she just did? Right. Just, I don't care. She's a child. give it to her, you know? <laughs> she's she a wants, child. She wants guitar lessons. Let's get her guitar lessons. <laughs> she wants to play tennis. No. Let's get her tennis lessons. No. She wants to be a Girl Scout. No. Okay, let her be a Girl Scout. And she's she like, do you know how much money we have invested in all of these things and she's not doing any of them? I just, you know, he was just that guy, yeah. you know, who would just let me do and have whatever I wanted. Now, my father's father was a whole nother situation. Uh-oh. Now, we were all, all of us were kind of like... You know, there we, is no respect. Of there's a line. There's, yeah. You, you want to stay on your side of it. <laughs> okay. It's called boundaries. Correct. Correct. So, he was the grandfather in my teens who would, if I was out on a date, he'd be sleeping on the couch waiting for me to get back to make sure there was no lip locking on the porch. That when one, I got home. That one. That might've been a he, good, that guy. good thing. Though. Yeah. That, he know, was that guy. Because he knew what it was like being that kid's yeah. age, you know? Yeah, and I think sure. when our father's, um, they used to tease us because it's six girls and mm. five boys, but because there were six girls, there was like, Mr. Wilson got a shotgun. <laughs> My daddy got, <laughs> you know, I got one of them, a rifle. <laughs> uh, he had a gun, but he didn't like have it sitting out. You know, we knew where it was, right, but right. it's not like he was, um, you know, hunting brandishing, down. Right, brandishing his yeah. gun. <laughs> and the boy that knocked on the door. Oh my God, no. Let me, what did he, your your grandfathers teach you about empathy? Because you are a very caring, you have a heart of gold. Aww. So where did you get, what did, was it your grandfather's? Was it your grandmom's? I think that I'd, and I'm just being honest. I think that's something that I developed over time. Yeah. I think that's something that came. Um, I've always been kind of like a caring person, mm-hmm. but I never really acted. <laughs> like if we were out at the club together and you was drunk, I'd drive you home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't let you just kill yourself. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> but I think that what you're talking about happened when I came to Christ. Came to I think it's something that developed um now Jamila you didn't grow up in the church no ma'am so did your grandparents go because most grandmas and granddads go to church my mom didn't never went to church and my my biological father my name is Jamila because he did a stint as a Muslim and Malcolm X has a daughter named Jamila okay and so in his Muslim phase that's when I was born okay Jamila got it (laughs) and so that's how I got a Muslim name um because he kind of tried Christ for a while and was a Muslim for a while and, you know, kind of moved around a lot in the 60s and 70s. Trying to figure it out. Right. Um, <laughs> but my grandparents on either side, my mom tells stories of when my grandfather would go to church and sing in the choir. Yeah. But I don't ever remember either set of grandparents going to church. Nobody wow. in my family went to church and for the most part, churchgoers were seen as hypocrites, hypocrites. who did whatever they wanted yeah. during the week and then went to church to, you know, 
do whatever they needed to do for God on Sunday so mm-hmm. they could act the fool the rest, oh, of, the the rest week. of the week. And so um, I'm <laughs> Christ literally plucked me out of sin. <laughs> I know. It wasn't yeah. something that, you know, I was born and I was, you know, I had a grandmother or a mother who would say, well, mom, get dressed. We going to church. You know, sometimes we would go for Easter. Uh, you know, we, we never went for Christmas. <laughs> um, at one point, my grandparents lived across the street, like lived near, like walking distance to a church. And so I would go over there because they had like the cool kid program. Right. 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 So, and, uh, um, some of that, some, some of vacation Bible school. No, no, this was a Catholic church. Oh, so it wasn't even like a VBS situation. It was just like a Catholic situation in the hood <laughs> within walking distance of my grandmother's apartment. And I could just kind of go over there and get, they had where they would teach well, the kids. Well, they took care of the neighborhood kids. Absolutely. And they, let me tell you what they did. They would teach the neighborhood kids how to play instruments mm-hmm. so they wouldn't have to play, pay a band on Sunday morning. And we played for mass. But yet your parents, your grandparents didn't go to church. Correct. Well, you know what? Well, you know, and that's how they say, if you get the kids, you get the parents. Eh? Well, not in my case. It didn't get They you. was like, y'all going over there. Uh. Do you think you missed? <laughs> do you think you missed? Because and the reason why I'm asking that, because I grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. My grandma raised me in a church. Yeah. My parents have, my parents still go to the same church uh-huh. they went to as mm-hmm. children. Okay. My gotcha. parents. Still, my dad still teaches Sunday school. Mm-hmm. My mom still sings on the choir. I mean, at 82. Gotcha. So I, my whole life is church. I get you. So what, how do you feel like you missed out on something? Because you can get jaded when you're sometimes raised in the church. Like now that I'm in church and I see the value of it, sometimes I do feel like I missed out on that. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather, my mother's father was a chaplain's assistant in the army. Okay. And when I tell you, he knew that Bible inside and out. Now he might have his Bible in his left hand mm-hmm. and a glass of vodka on the rocks in his right. <laughs> but he knew who the Lord was. But he knew who the Lord was and he could give you the scripture to back up whatever it is he was trying right. to tell you. There were always crosses in the house, prayers mounted on the walls. Mm-hmm. We just didn't go to church. Right. So, you know, it's, me knowing what I know about the word of God now and knowing how important it is to fellowship with other believers. Yes. You know, I don't get it. Why you would put so much stock in a God that you never fellowshiped with. I'm sure they prayed. I just maybe never saw it. I never saw them hold hands and pray. Like, like my sons could tell you, yeah, my parents pray together or I've yeah, seen them pray together yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I never saw anything like that. Oh, we pray like together that. as a family. Right. Yeah. But, th- but they've, I've never saw anything like that. Like that. But it, you would hear God and God was talked about. He mm-hmm. was, he was kind of like always around, but we just never went but to church. There was always Bibles were, all over the place. But they were good people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've heard people say, you're such a good person. Why don't you just give your heart to God? And I think people are more afraid of the, the religion part of what they see church is, which is why I'm a good person. I don't really need to do that. But your heart hasn't been given to the Lord. I think it's more of the enemy has convinced people that to be outside of the church and to be outside of a relationship with Christ will give you more freedom. And that's a lie. 
Yes, it is. The only freedom is in Christ. The only freedom is in Christ. But the enemy has good people convinced that religion will lock you down and take away all of your good time. Right. Okay. Right. And so it, that, that deception is what keeps, and I have a great understanding of unbelievers Mm -hmm. because of how I grew up and Mm -hmm. where I grew up. And I believe that I'm called to minister to people who are unchurched. Right. Because I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get why they are reluctant to give their hearts to Christ because they've been convinced by the enemy that they're going to give up everything that they love. They're going to give it all up in one fell swoop. They're going to be expected to lay down their Newports and mm-hmm, their 40 ounces mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stop sleeping with their girlfriend and stop, stop loving, lying, lying stop and clubbing. Yep. And their life is going to be totally something different than what they don't realize that God takes you on this journey. Yes, he does. You know what I mean? Oh, and God, he's long suffering mm. and that, you know, if you stay in his word and you continue to fellowship with him, he'll change your heart and it'll just be easy. And you know what? You I know, just, I, over I, time, over you know? time, when we, the fruit of the spirit, fruit grow on trees in the natural fruit grow on trees. And you have to stay connected to the tree in order for the fruit to grow. Once the fruit drops on the ground, it's no longer going to grow. It's, it's going to die. And people don't want to get close to the tree because they know change is going to come. Change is going to, as long as you stay connected to that tree and it's being nourished, people do not want to stay. He's divine. We're the, we're the branches. And and that's it. I've seen all of us know the Lord in my family. Are all of us living uh, I don't know how everybody's living. I just, right. I'm just going to say, I'm I, trying to stay saved. Myself. I'm trying to be, I'm the Lord is yet, I am yet to be saved. Okay. I'm trying to stay myself. His mercy is new every morning. All right. Great is thy faith. But then my sister asked me the other day, how you stay for joy, so joyful? I said, girl, it's the mercy of God. And it, and I'm reminded every day that mm-hmm. I am yet being saved mm-hmm. because there are still some stuff about Lisa Wilson. Dalton and all them other names I used to have that can rise up, but it's something I think about. And I'm going to ask you this question as well. Things that my father has said to me. Mm -hmm. I remember I was, um, this is as an adult child. Okay. He, um, he said, your grandma, he said, I know your grandma raised you better than that because your grandma raised me. Because mm. it's my mama's, mm-hmm. my grand, my sure. grandma is my sure. dad's mom, mm-hmm. and that stuck with me. The same values that you got, mm. I got. Right. So don't tell me. Right. You, you got don't. No excuses. That part. You got. No so excuses. tell me what is the one lesson that your grandpa, uh, either one of your grandfathers, mm-hmm. taught you that is still yet resonating in you today i think it would probably be the lesson of dignity mm-hmm. and integrity yes my grandparents didn't you know my my grandfather especially on my grandfather on my father's side he did not like liars mm-hmm. a lie cheat cheat steal steal a kill you know he wanted you to behave with integrity mm-hmm. um now he lived like a block away from the high school I attended. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I lived in his house. And sometimes, even though we lived in the same house and we were going to the same destination, I would be late. 
from a block away. And my grandfather was responsible for giving out late passes in the morning. Everybody know if you went to August Martin High School that Alvin Smith was giving out them late passes. <laughs> what? And I would try to sneak in side doors mm-hmm. so that he would not see that I was late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, when your grandfather works in the school, the mm-hmm. teachers tell him, your granddaughter didn't show up for class or didn't. And so he would ask me about it and I would say, oh no, I was there. I was there. <laughs> right. You want to see? Right. <laughs> right. You didn't see me get no late pass this morning. He didn't know that I was buying food for the security guards to have them open up the side door so that I could get in at lunchtime. Right. Wow. So Mila, I'm just saying. So confession is good for the soul. Okay. Right? So I'm just Years saying like, later. He would just be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. This is not how we... Where did you learn this from? And and if you did that, like if you was woman enough to cut a whole two classes, go to the store, get breakfast, buy breakfast for a grown man, fix your way to get in the side door, be woman enough to tell me that's what you did. Wow. Wow. Don't stand there and lie. lie to me. Bold, they said bold face right, lie. You right. did a bold face right. lie. I've done a and couple I of mean, bold face I lies felt myself. worse about not standing firm in what I did and lying about it than I felt about the actual infraction. It was about the disappointment. Because for him, no, well, for him, it was about what's going on in your character. Mm-hmm. And you disappointed him, too. Correct. Because he knows. Correct. I, I, we don't do that here. Right. You didn't get that from And here. your word is your bond. You know, they that's yes. how they were that's how they were brought your up. Word is your, bond. your word was everything. Yes. They did entire businesses on a handshake. handshake. Cause they didn't trust banks and contracts and none mm-hmm. of that. So My dad everything said everything was done on a handshake. All a man has is his word. Yeah. Cause and when so, that word is messed up, that's it. I'm, that's it. You're I'm that's lost. It. I'm done with you. Right. And it was like, I don't want to feel that way about you. Mm-hmm. So I need you to be truthful with me. Right. Have integrity. Have integrity. Even if you did something wrong, just say, you know what, Dad, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, I did it and maybe I shouldn't have, but that's what I wanted to do at the time. But tell the truth. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I hear myself telling that to my own children. Like, you know, I, I hear myself saying, be a man. If you're going to... If he gonna do it, if you gonna be, do something wrong, enough to just, tell the truth. Right, exactly, exactly. So, as we get ready to um, wrap up, what lesson do you want to share with our listeners that you think will impact them outside of character and integrity? We, that's huge. That's huge. Now that you are um, on the other side with all the rest of us, AARPs. <laughs> and you've lived wow. some and you've lived a little you've seen some things you've experienced some things what words of wisdom would you share that you remember as not as a child but as an mm-hmm. adult that you were given I would say I would say this like even though we're celebrating fathers on this part podcast and fathers are super important, mm-hmm. what I would want to share is there may be m- millions of people who are listening or watching whatever who grew up without a father. Yeah. And I want to speak to those people. And, and what I would say is 
because you are created by God and created in his image, regardless if your father was a drunk, a dope fiend, you could have had the worst father in the world. You could have had the best father in the world. You could have had your father never teach you anything, buy you anything, do anything for you. You could have had whatever kind of situation growing up. Know that once you accept Christ, all of that goes away. All of that goes away. All of that goes, none of that matters. You just become a new creature. He is your creator. You have value. He will leave the 99 for the one that is you. Mm -hmm. The sacrifice that he made on the cross, he made for you. He knew you didn't have a father. Mm -hmm. You were not a mistake. You were not um, somebody's bad decision. You were not somebody's drunken encounter. Mm -hmm. You were not somebody's the spawn of some of some rape victim right, right. you were not mm-hmm. a pedophile's mistake you were not a jailbird's mm-hmm. consequently like you weren't any of that god still has a plan for your life yes he so does. i would just say remember that the lord is the ultimate father and that he loves you first and really if you have that man listen you got everything you need you got everything you need So tap into that first so that you can learn who you are in him. And don't let the world deceive you into thinking you're less than because you come from a gene pool that the world says is inferior. So that's what I would want to share. Thank you, Jamila. Yule. (laughs) Missionary Jamila. Evangelist missionary Jamila. Yule for that. Awesome. Awesome word of encouragement because we are wonderfully and fearfully made and everything that God made is good. good everything and everyone and everyone I pray you were blessed by today's podcast and as always a centered soul is a centered mind be blessed Thank you for listening to the Finding Peace Within podcast with Lisa L. Dalton. Now remember, you can always connect with me on social media. Facebook under Lisa Dalton. Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton. Instagram, Lisa.Dalton. And LinkedIn, Lisa L. Dalton. Visit my website, FindingPeaceWithin.org, where you can read some of my blogs, Find the books that I've written, listen to previous podcasts, and even some of the workout videos that I've created. Until next time, remember to find peace within. A centered soul is a centered mind. Be blessed.